Today we are podcasting with Bob Mangold. We are so excited. He is a technology creator of the Home Boss Selling Solution. He also uses Zudelio with his network of 1,100 agents and growing worldwide. We are so excited to have you on today. Thank you so much, Bob, for joining yes. us. What's up, Bob? What up, Bob? My pleasure. Oh, man, go. <laughs> yes, this has been a long time in the coming. Uh, Bob, we just love working alongside you and Home Boss. You are just a breath of fresh air in this Absolutely. industry. Um, so, yeah, why don't you just share a little bit about yourself with our listeners um, and just give them, give them a little overview of who is Bob? The rundown. Okay. <laughs> so I started... Unfortunately, 31 years ago as a lender. So I started when I was seven. So full disclosure, I started young. Um, <laughs> but I started in this as a lender and um, loved the lending side. And I'll be honest with you, I got frustrated that I couldn't find agents that were really good to work with. So I just said, well, why not become my own agent and do both sides of the transactions, which yeah. I did. And then I had built a fairly large team. And then I decided I was going to go and buy um, a real estate franchise and become a broker. And then after about two years, I realized, even though I had 188 agents, I had almost 100 loan officers, I realized why they call them brokers, right? Because we forget about <laughs> the expenses inside of it, right? And then you have turnover in that. And that wasn't the lifestyle that I really wanted to create. Yeah. And so I learned firsthand how expensive of a lesson, right? I spent over mm. over a million dollars in tenant improvements, equipment, and all those things, franchise fees. Um, and made very little money. I was, but at least I was fortunate that I made a little bit of money from it. Right. But I knew that was not a long-term, you know, a long-term strategy to build wealth. When you have 188 agents and you net $21,000, not Ouch. a good business model, right? Yeah. So, so at the end of the day, you've, you've got to get smart and reanalyze what you're doing and say, is this the smart thing to do? And if it's not, then you need to make some changes to it. And that's really what I did. So <clears throat> I just looked at that and said, that's not a model to build wealth. And really what I set out teaching real estate agents was to focus on listings because that's where the money's at. So right. if you're listening to the, your real estate agent, it's real simple. If you doubt this, just ask yourself, take your yep. top 10 earning real estate agents in your office. Are they listing agents or buyer's agents? Right. They're listing agents. Yeah. They're always listing agents, right? That's yep. the way it is. So if that's the money, if that's where the money's at, why are we teaching agents to do anything different? And so I just think that's crazy. And then so I, I basically have a three-pronged strategy that I teach. It's like build your cash flow from your listing income, then work on building your referral fee income so that you can use that to start to buy income-producing assets like rental properties or Airbnbs or things of that nature. Yep. And so my goal when I work with an agent is to take and help them over a 24 to 36 month period, replace their transaction income with referral fee income. And then that becomes the money that they use to go out and start investing in real estate. Love it. Right. So shouldn't Love we be it. investing in the product? Absolutely. We sell? Yeah. Like if we believe it that, that much, shouldn't we be doing it? Absolutely. Yeah. We would tell people. <laughs> so always... that's what I teach agents to do. And so yeah. the, the thing I, I think that's important now, excuse me, bad allergies right now. The thing I believe that's important now is that agents need to understand what's going on in the industry. And so I just did a, a talk the other day in front of about a thousand agents, asked them if they knew what was going on between the Department of Justice and NAR. Yeah. About 5% of them said they did. That's, that's it? That's crazy. 
that's it. Wow. I was, you know, like if you read Inman and stuff like that, I mean, it's kind of yeah. hard to miss, right? right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. But you know what? It's hard to miss, but it's also difficult to understand. And I have it read it and, you know, I have really invested time in trying to understand that. Uh, and it's difficult. So, Bob, can you shed some light <laughs> yeah. on this for us? I can. So here's what I would tell you long term. Number one, the government's actually talking about regulating our commissions, setting commission rates. Right. Scary. Number two, the Department of Justice has more money than NAR does. Mm. Yeah. You think? And NAR needs to get off his high horses and think that they're going to somehow win because the Department of Justice can bankrupt them. Yep. We know what Number that's like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you guys, yeah, you guys live through that, right? Yeah. <clears throat> it wasn't. It doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. It just can you survive? That's yes, right. exactly. Abs right? I get it. Yeah. How big is the war chest? Right. And at the end of the day, the, the overriding question has to be answered. And what NAR is actually tied up about, you know, they've got some things with NAR and you know other things about what they do. But at the end of the day, it's about commission and how yeah. transparent we are with the commission. So here's the question I ask everyone. Why does the seller pay a commission to a buyer's agent whose legal responsibility, assuming they've signed a buyer broker agreement, is to get the buyer the best price and terms? Now, yep. that's money that they're taking from the seller's pocket in the form of equity. And the seller is paying them to do that. Things, Doesn't make any things sense. Things that make it does you not well, make any hmm. sense. Now, the number one answer I get from agents is, yeah, but it's me getting the commission and deciding how much I want to pay to the agent. Great. Where do you Cobra. get the commission from? From the seller. The seller. And tell me if this is what it sounds like in a listing presentation. Hey, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, how much do you want for the house? They go, ah, 300. Great. How did you come up with that price? Well, we looked at Zillow and my neighbor, you know, did this and that, right? So all nonsense. They go, but then I figured out what the commission is. And we'd like to talk to you about that, right? We'd like to negotiate, like maybe instead of paying six, we, you know, five or four. And then we figured in our closing costs. So we need to net $275,000 to move the house or to move. So we figured if we did it at a 6% commission, we'd net, if we got it at 300,000, it's 279 we'd net. That gave us a little bit of room for negotiating. Yep. That's pretty much how a listing presentation goes, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, a lot of reverse engineering, right? There's right. no, no so, question. The seller knows how the game works, but what the Department of Justice is saying is the buyer's agent doesn't, or the buyer doesn't. Hmm. How is their agent getting compensated? How much are they getting compensated? And where's it coming from? Well, it comes from the seller inflating the price of the price house the to house. cover the commission. Does the buyer actually understand that they're paying more money for that house to cover the commission? Because of the representation that's involved. Right. Yep. Now, I'm an advocate. I think every buyer should have representation. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a complicated legal transaction. But what NAR is saying, or what the Department of Justice is saying, you need to disclose that. Mm. Well, and one of the things I've heard on it that's, uh, you know, through the time that this has been going on, that's such an issue is a lot of uh, buyers are telling, uh, or excuse me, buyers agents are telling buyers, you don't have to pay me. The seller's the one who pays me. Right? right. So, and that's actually it's, not it's true. Free. They it's are, free you, it's me. free to use me, but that's not right. true. They are paying them. It's just now, here's, inadvertently. Yeah, here's the funny thing in that agreement that NAR had with the department of justice, they agreed that, yeah, we won't let agents say that. Well, now that NAR is, or I'm sorry, department of justice is backed out of that 
agreement, NARA is still, and I believe it's November, that they're voting that you will not be able to say that to right. a buyer. Right. Because it's not true. Right. It's not true at all. You're paying an inflated price for the house. There's nothing wrong with it. This is how it works. But here's what I would tell you if you're an agent. You better figure out how to explain the value you bring to a transaction. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because NAR is going to start telling, and in their original agreement, they agreed to spend tens of millions of dollars to educate the buyers to negotiate the commission with a buyer. So when your buyer starts to negotiate with you, what are you going to do? And when the listing agent says, hey, I don't have to be responsible for the buyer's agent's commission, what's what's going to happen? Right. I think, so I think we will MLS, see it. It will affect prices in, oh, totally. in, a, in, a, in a positive way, right? Because it, it's, yeah, it's totally. the path is always math. It's a, it's, a, right. it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a numbers problem, not a word problem. Right. Well, and if I, you go into MLS now, search by, oh, so although I think they're going to eventually take it away, search by commission. And you'll see that there's a lot of one, one and a half percents. Like in Southern California, yeah. I work with a lot of agents in California. In Southern California, and I have not done, I would say the average commission right now is one and a half percent on the buyer side. Yep. And you see more and more multi-million dollar properties for like a flat fee of like 2,000 bucks. What? Wow. $10 million dollar properties, 2,000 bucks. Yeah. We've been hearing that uh, same thing from a lot of the agents that we work with within Zudelio that uh, they're, they're ecstatic when the compensation is what it is that's coming from some of these investor you know, buyers and offers and whatnot yeah. based on what and you're so saying. So at the end of the day, the whole cash offer platform, even if you're, you're only getting paid 2% on it, in many, many markets, 2% is better than what you're getting on a regular purchase. Yep. And so at the end of the day, as an agent, number one, do you really want the government regulating what we can charge? My answer is no. Heck no. So what do you do about it? I, I, and I, the truth is, guys, I would I would forget NAR. Don't, oh, I'm going to go and complain to NAR. NAR's in the crosshairs of the DOJ. Go ahead and read all the documents. The DOJ is coming for NAR. You need to understand that. Here's another question to think about as an agent. If the government is going to take and make disclosure about real estate, say a real estate compensation mandatory, who actually is synonymous with synonymous with real estate search in the on the globe now? It's not the MLSs, right? Zillow. Zillow. The other piece of legislation, or not legislation, but the other thing that's in the new NAR guidelines that they're talking about is eliminating the need to have a lockbox. Mm -hmm. So here's my question as an agent. If the buyers are going to Zillow, which they are, right? How many they of them are. even read that the MLS things that you send out to them anymore, right? They right. don't. They go, hey, Kayla, I've seen this on Zillow. Can we go look at it? Oh, yeah. This is today's mm -hmm. world. It is. I look on Zillow. Well, Zillow, yeah. bottom line, Zillow actually has more inventory than the MLS. They syndicate completely and they obviously have the make me moves, the 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 notice of trustee sales, like all this different vehicles right. that they have. They the have more inventory. They have Rex homes and yeah. all of yep. their 12 yep. properties. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and so here's, here's an interesting stat that I got from the Cromford report. So if you're, you listen to this and you're not in Arizona, um, you can get it from, you know, we have the, the Cromford report puts a lot of this together. What percentage of the available inventory in Maricopa County right now is available from Zillow, Open Door, Offerpad, Redfin, and Knock? Any idea? I don't know. 43.4% of every listing is owned by the one of those five companies. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's, yeah, yeah. There's whoa. a little over 8,000 listings right now. Wow. 
I forget the number, 3226 or whatever the number is, 43.4% of it comes from those five sources. Wow. Wow. So if you're listening to this, guys, and you don't have a cash offer option, in my opinion, it's just strictly my opinion, you're not in the real estate business because that's how many homes are purchased and available for that. Now, Zillow announced they're not, you know, buying anymore for however long. And, you know, they talked about the shortages and all that. And I do believe all that. But I personally believe that another layer of that is they've so overpaid for the houses Mm -hmm. and the market's slowing down. Everything they were doing was predicated on this ridiculous, you know, 10 or 20 percent annualized growth that they're going, whoa, whoa, whoa. We need to slow down with this and let the market catch up and we better get out from underneath what we have. Yep. Just my opinion. Yeah. And maybe inventory control, shareholder control, all know, that stuff. company valuation control. Yep. Right. Yep. But the thing is, guys, if you're a real estate agent, you have to know and understand what's going on in the marketplace because it's coming for your career. And <laughs> so for me, I think it's incredibly important that agents understand compensation. They also better, I heard Caleb bring up the Rexes in the rest of the world. So about actually it was three years ago last Wednesday. So it's a little longer than that. About three years ago, I asked myself a question and said, how does a real estate agent compete in this market with iBuyers, with discounters, with like mega teams, right? Those are the ones all over radio, TV, billboards, all that. Yep. How do you as an individual agent compete with that? So if the, the, the seller comes to you and says, well, I'd like to get a cash offer. What do you do about that? Well, I got to be honest with you guys, three years ago, there weren't really any other options. And the truth is the iBuyers at that point were buying stuff, what, 20, 30% below market? Yeah, it was a much more Mm -hmm. aggressive offer. Right. So that certainly has changed over the last few years. Heck yeah. But at 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 the beginning of this, when I created the solution, I just said, well... Why would you sell your house, right? Because even if you sell it, and you get a cash offer today, it's still going to take you about 30 days to move out. What if I could get your house under contract in 14 days for more money than what an iBuyer is going to pay you? Chances are higher than market value. And you only paid 3% commission. So awesome. then it was the same thing with the discounters. How do you compete with a, a Rex and the rest of them? Well, I can sell your house. What number one is I'm going to get you more money because, well, let's be honest, these discounters aren't opening it up and putting their listings into MLS. So, you know, Rex is a big proponent now. They're jumping right. on the bag and wagon with the Department of Justice and oh, yep. we're cooperating. At the end of the day, I don't really know what their complaint is because they don't put their listings into MLS. Mm-hmm. But they charge them whatever they charge, $2,500, $3,000 fee. So let's be honest isn't the job of a real estate agent very simple. My job is to take and is expose your home to as many people as possible that are ready, willing, and able to buy. And the more people I can expose it to that fall in love, the higher price we're going to get. So the question becomes, how do I expose it to more people? Then how do I adjust and make amends for this whole thing? And guys, this thing with NAR and the Department of Justice has been going on for years. The yep. reason it wasn't necessarily between NAR and the Department of Justice, there were all these class action lawsuits from sellers going, why are you guys making me pay a buyer's agent? And right before NAR decided to settle with the Department of Justice, I want to say it was about a year ago now, 
they went in front of a federal judge in Chicago and said, hey, <clears throat> this is without merit. That's crazy, whatever. And the federal judge knocked them down and said, y'all better figure it out because you're in trouble. In mm. essence, I'm paraphrasing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Two weeks later, NAR settled with the Department of Justice because we have to figure this commission thing out. Mm -hmm. So what I did is I created a platform <clears throat> that's open and transparent. If you've ever sold that's a HUD awesome. house, works on the same idea, except it's open and transparent. And so what happens is we drive a lot of traffic to a property. We open up the platform to allow everybody to see what's being offered and give them a deadline when they can adjust their offers. Yep. You want to pay more? Cool. You want to pay less? Cool. The seller pays us 3% and the buyer's agent gets paid 3%, but we add the price to the offer that was received mm. so that the buyer is actually paying their own agent. They have the complete ability to negotiate if they want. Mm -hmm. We believe an agent should get paid 3% as a buyer's agent. But if they want to negotiate, they have the ability to do to it. Do so, yeah. But what's most important is that the buyer understands how the agent's commissions factor into the price they pay. And it's 100% transparent. The funny part is agents go, oh, my God, I would never let my agents do that. Yeah. You do it every day. Yeah. You just don't tell them how it works. And, well, HUD and VA do it every day because that's how HUD works, except, well, you don't see what the other offers are. You're you're left to guess. Maybe mm. there are, maybe there aren't. I just don't think it's a way, in, a, a, an ethical way to do business, in my opinion. So I created a platform to do it that way. Now, it's an adjustment period for agents, I promise. So you all just go, well, you can't do it that way, right? Sorry, yes, Bob. Can. So, yeah, so yeah, no, I know. Well, you've seen, what, you've seen some of the things we go through, right? And so at the end of the day, folks, it's really the answer for what the Department of Justice yeah. is looking for. Mm -hmm. And I have agents go, no, 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 Bob, buyers will never do that. And my answer is watch me explain it to them so that they will, because here's the explanation. Hey, Elliot, this is a different way of doing it, but we believe that this process should be open and transparent, and you should understand how we get paid as real estate agents affect the purchase price. Now, the seller of this property has agreed to pay us 3% or whatever they agreed to pay us, and we want to compensate your agent because we believe it's critical with all the pitfalls, legally and otherwise, that are involved in a real estate transaction, we believe it's imperative that you have representation. So we factored in a way to make sure that your agent get paid, gets paid, you have the proper representation, and we just factor it into the price, but now you know how our compensation impacts what you pay for the price. Do you think that's a better way to do it versus hiding it? Yes. And the buyers always go yes. We'll have them sit at an open house and they'll come in and say, I would never let my, but they wanted me to come here. And yeah. I explain that to the buyer and they go, yeah, I think that's a great way. If agents would simply understand you're going to have to adapt or you're going to be extinct yeah. in the real estate world right now. Right. We agree. hundred percent. So three years ago, I was severely hurt and I had nothing but months to sit in a hospital bed, not move and think this all through and say, how does that happen? And how can we be in front of this? And 
how as an industry can we deal with what's coming our way? Mm-hmm. You, you have a pretty remarkable story. Yeah. You want to share that with us? Yeah, well, it's actually stupidity. It was actually three years ago Wednesday, last week. Oh, Wednesday. wow. So, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Anniversary. So, <laughs> Not a good anniversary. Yeah. Not one I want to remember anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. So, I, well. I decided it was a good idea to go up on my roof in a rainstorm. Um, the problem was I made it to the to the top of the roof. I just didn't stay on the roof and came down onto my concrete patio. Mm. And fortunately, because of all the you know, the junk food and donuts and everything I've eaten over the years, I bounced like a basketball. <laughs> However... I did manage to break pretty much everything on the left side of my body. I was uh, broke my hip, um, ribs, wrists, arms. It was a mess, right? But what it did do is it came to me that, you know, I'm sitting in a hospital bed. What would that do to the average real estate agent? When the doctors first came to me and said, all right, where the surgery's done, we, we fixed the bone that holds your leg into your hip. And, you know, that's as good as we can do. It's probably going to be three to four months before you'll be able to walk, you know, unaided, you know, without say a walker, and then you're gonna need another few months on a cane. Well, if the average real estate agent couldn't generate income, right? Because if you can't walk and you can't talk and right, it you just can't do business. Well, what would that do to you financially? You get crushed. And that's the whole referral fee income side of the real estate business, right? Because we're really as good as our last deal. And so I said, well, how do we take and tie all these things in together to do this and then deal with what's coming up in the market? And so what I would caution you guys is we really are as good as our last deal. Um, I would recommend that you have as many um, sources of revenue coming into you you as a real estate agent as you possibly can, because if something happens to you, you, that's as good as you are. Mm -hmm. And that's just the fact of life. And so that's why I came up with the whole idea. Hey, if we took and we we build our cash flow through listings and then we work on building referral fee income and then you use the free money, if you will. It's not free. You did work for it, but free money, if you will, to go out and buy investment properties, whether that's long term rentals, short term rentals, whatever it is, you're generating income. And now you've protected your family financially. Well, I love it. I think it's critically important. I wish there was another way God could have taught me that lesson, yeah. but uh, whatever. It is what it is. And at the end of the day, I, you know, all this concept of what I'm talking about today really did come to me while I was laying in bed. I had 24-7 to lay in bed and think. Well, and you see the angles on on so many things, right? Like, I mean, being a part of creating softwares from your social media stuff that you provide, uh, obviously the you know, the online uh, home boss selling system that, that you have. I mean, just the angles and all these different things. Um, I, I truly believe it. And, you know, in, in knowing you now for, you know, half a year or whatever, it's, it's been watching you operate, you know, with all of these different things. I can see that you're absolutely leading with that. And I, and I love it. Um, <clears throat> share with our listeners, like how the actual like funnel for you, you know, kind of works, because I know you right. guys go about generating, you know, opportunities, these uh, online home selling processes a little bit different. And there's, you kind of really have almost like really a, a, a perfect symmetry of things that you have put together. You have the solution for them no matter what. I think so anyway. So to me, it's pretty simple. So with what we do as you deal they provide that cash offer option, right? Yep. So, but we do know numbers and we know these numbers specifically because 
I guess the good news of Zillow, Open Door, Offer Pad, Redfin being publicly traded companies, they disclose this data. Yep. So what we do know for every hundred people that fill in their address on a cash offer website, five percent of them will accept a cash offer, which leaves ninety-five percent who don't. Then of that ninety-five percent, forty-five percent will list within six months. When COVID started, right, everybody thought, oh my God, Zillow open door, offer pad, they're gonna go away. See, this is the end of it. <laughs> and all they did was do what I predicted they would do and become brokerages. Yeah, right. Yep. Because what they did is they said, hey, we got billions of dollars to spend from Wall Street. We're gonna build follow-up campaigns. We're gonna hire people because we see those 45%, yep. that's what they're going for. Gold. They'll accept the lost leader on the property, guys. Yep. That's what you have to understand because just look at, <clears throat> is it OfferPad, I believe now? Open door OfferPad, one of them. 5% commission to list your house. They'll pay for your mover and they'll come offer in and paint pad. your house and carpet it. OfferPad. Sounds it's like their, it's their flex program. Sounds like right. OfferPad to me. Well, you know, it's interesting you talk about this, Bob, because I agree. In fact, I have a thing where I think the open door offer Padzillo, that's just the modern day Century 21 remax wow. Keller Williams. And those, right. bro you know, these new brokerages, I believe, are looking to just disrupt the old business model yep. with a W 2 model. Right. It's as simple an, as an that. Insane amount of leads. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they have the best hook of Quality all time. Quality leads at that, too. Right. Here's what the, I agree with Caleb. They're just brokerages right now, they're no different than anybody else except for one thing. They have a kick butt funnel system. Yep. So what I teach, you know, the agents that I work with is it's real simple. You take and create a cash offer funnel, right? Which happens to be the Zudelio sites. You put a hundred people in there, your sole focus, right? So real estate is such an easy business in my opinion. If you just focus on the right things and why mm. would we not copy companies that are raising billions of dollars <laughs> because they're going out and selling investors on this business model. There's legitimacy to it. And all it is, we now have a platform, go and put your hundred people in. The five people that come out and you get paid, guys, I, I'll be honest with you. If you got paid nothing on it, I don't really care. Now you do, but quit worrying about, oh, they're only gonna pay me two or two and a half or whatever. It doesn't matter. You're focused on the wrong number. You're focused on the five. Mm -hmm. I'm focused on the 45. <clears throat> Right. Just smart business. Love that. Right. Yeah. If over the next six months, because we know the time frame, right? This doesn't have to be rocket science. We're using their numbers. We take and get aggressive. Maybe you mail a postcard to them once a month. You do a, a voicemail drop, you know, every other week. You do an email. You do a text message. Over the next six months, if all you did was get 10% of the market share out of those 45, oh. you're getting four and a half listings a month. Yep. So, as we record this, it's October of uh, 2021. What if over the next two months, all you did was focus on putting 200 people into your funnel? What would 2023 look like if you did that? A great first quarter. Yep. Well, and another yeah, but thing. Here's the thing. If you just keep doing that every month, yep. you just mm -hmm. keep replenishing the funnel. Your only job is to fill the funnel and wait for it to come out. you got a business that will sit there and replenish itself for a long, long time. Well, and what about this one? And I know, and I just know this because obviously I'm privy to a lot of private conversations that you and I have is where like a right. lot of these iBuyer dominant markets that 50% of the houses that are hitting the market are first starting off with a cash offer. So even right. from like your existing database, how different would that look if 
you went back over the course of the year, you could put yourself in even a quarter of those conversations because now you have a unique selling proposition that they're actually looking for, right? right. It's just, like you said, it's just finding a, finding a place and filling it with your unique selling proposition, right. which is what I love, What you, you know, just kind of reading between the lines on what you're saying here. So I, I refer to that as a fallback position. So I know that out of every 100 people, only five are going to take the cash offer. Yep. So I got 95 that won't. What's my fallback offer that allows me to compete, or really I should say not compete, really to blow out the rest of the competition to take that listing? And so for me, what will happen is we take that cash offer, because they all get one, right? So remember, 100 people go in, they did it because they get a cash offer, but they go, wow, I, and this is this is a legitimate thing that, you know, this is a legitimate listing that my son did. He gets a cash offer for 515000 which is a pretty good price, Right but the fees on it were like 12%. The seller goes, dude, if, if this was like around 7%, I'd do it, but I can't do it for 12. Our fallback option is real simple. So if I could take and put this under contract for a higher price than what you're being offered there, and I can't guarantee anything, but I can tell you based on our experience that we're probably gonna get a higher price than that, and all you paid was 3%. Is that something you'd be open to talk about? Yes. And the answer every time is yes. yes. Well, he just told you he was going to take the deal of five, fifteen, seven percent fees. Right. Now you're going to get you more money, three percent fees. Right. Hmm. So we have to have that fallback. So it's and listen, you got you know we've all talked about this enough. It's like we, we just have to understand the math that everybody's worried about the 5%. Guys, yep. you're going to get 5% I'm going to take it. You're going to get paid. Have a great day. But it's yep. that 45% and you better have a fallback because I can just tell you this. In Phoenix, as we record this, we have more competition from iBuyers, from other people on radio, TV, you know, everywhere talking about their stuff. We have every discounter yep. on the planet. Yep. How are you going to compete against them? You better have a unique selling proposition. Yep. And so that's the one that I created. You guys can create your own, but that is a question you're going to have to answer. And then as the commission stuff comes out, you're going to have to be able to answer that one too. Absolutely. Well, and like you said, if it's such a vicious market here, if it works here, obviously it's going to work in the, the majority of all markets. So right. yeah, check, and so check out Bob, check does. out his stuff. Yeah, we know that it does in other markets. You know, I work with agents in 41 yep. different states and, and Canada. So at the end of the day, it, it to me, it's just a logical way of doing your business and preparing yourself for when the market has to shift, not in terms of sales, but guys, now is a uh, Department of Justice is coming for us. I mean, hopefully you guys realize why did NAR pull out of that or why did the Department of Justice pull out of that agreement? Yeah, the settlement. Yeah. Well, they wanted the to be able yeah. to open it back up. Exactly. Right. Yeah. They want to come for more. Because they right. found some more nuggets. I thought there was only right. one bite at the apple. Right. That's what I've always been <laughs> No, they're coming for the whole thing. Uh, right. I talk to agents and they go, exactly. yeah, no, NAR backed them off and whatever. It's like NAR didn't no. back anybody off. No. The Department of Justice said, no, we're coming for you. And if you're not prepared for that, see... I could get up in front of Congress, in front of the Department of Justice, and justify that the, the system that I use to list and sell properties is being the op most open and transparent platform in the real estate business. Yeah. What are you going to have? Yeah. I no, I, I do agree because I think that what tends to happen is 
when we read these headlines, you know, headlines do more to terrify than clarify. Right. And so agents yep. get scared. Oh, I got to use and that one. Yeah. It's, yeah, I love that one. I wish it was mine. It was, yeah. I, I ripped it from Tom Ferry. So. Ah, <laughs> so I've heard it. I feel like I've heard it a couple of times. Though. And I'm sure he ripped it from Mike Ferry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, anyway, um, I, I do love that headline because it, it's true. And we get scared. And when people get scared, they tend to get overwhelmed. And when they get overwhelmed, they tend to shut down and do nothing. And right. so what you're saying, which 100% agree, is that you need to focus on what you can control, right? This is like seven habits of highly effective people 101. Work within your circle of influence. And in your circle of influence, you have the ability to create a solution for yourself, for your sellers, for your buyers. And so, Bob, you know, your story is so powerful. Thank you, by the way, for yes. sharing that. And no I'm worries. so glad you are with us here today. You are such a blessing to so many people's lives, ours included. Um, and so I know that your purpose here is to do just what you are doing and to be the vessel of this new way that realtors can conduct business legally, uh, very transparently, and I am a fan. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I wanna learn more about Bob and I wanna learn more about what he's doing, yep. how would they connect with you? Probably emails the best because I can start to invite them to some of the classes that I teach um, on different processes and strategies and competing in today's world. <clears throat> so my email address, uh, probably the best is just bob at bobmangold.com. And if you want to yeah. just put in the subject line, invite me to the classes, that's probably the easiest and best way to get a, a good idea of really what it is that I teach and that thought process behind it. Because um, everything I do is is fairly calculated. Um, not in a bad way. Just yeah. you have to think through this yeah. stuff and be strategic, right? Absolutely. That's why. That's why we love. You know, uh, Elliot, Gail, and I were in Southern California. We just got to have dinner and brainstorm. And so for me, it's always cool to brainstorm with other you know entrepreneurial <clears throat> and smart people to do that stuff. So yep. you know, get around those conversations now, folks, because like I said, all this stuff is coming. There's no way to avoid it. Just what are you going to do about? Yeah, it? you got to get ahead of it, right? Like, I mean, the, the yeah. shift is always a gift, right? Like, there's there's in any market, there is tremendous opportunity. It's can you see the angles and can you deploy a system and process to right. capitalize on the shift that's coming? Right. Yep. Yeah, it, it, you know, let's use REO. Everybody's worried, oh, the market will crash. Let's assume for a minute that it right. did. It, it, it won't. There's all kinds of statistics that will tell you it won't. <clears throat> Excuse me. Will it slow down? Absolutely. Absolutely. But when you go to an REO asset manager and they say, right, because most people think, um, you know, to get REO, what they're really looking for is who's the best marketer? Who's going to get me the highest price for my property? If you can't answer that question, then you're not probably going to get into the REO space. Well, if you have it a good way and you have a proven track record of, hey, look at how much money I get for my houses. Look at how I create the demand, right? So we only do a two-day open house. And I know there are other people saying, yeah, we get it done fast. We do a two-day open house. Mm -hmm. Our record for the number of people in an open house is 742 people in one weekend. Ooh, that's insane. Wow. That is insane. Because <laughs> your yeah, market record before it. that yep. was, was 542, I believe. Wow. Still though, that's, I mean, could you, even 500 people, could you imagine that in like a, a two-day session, you know, hours blocked off? What are you spending revolving on door for, for? Well, we for don't do two house. hours. We do longer than two hours. That's a good question. So, I said a few hours, but yeah. yeah what are you, no, what are you spending hours, on yeah, yeah. marketing, okay. Bob? On, I'm on sorry. An open house. What are you What are you spending on marketing for for that one open house for that 700 people? About 100 bucks. 100 bucks. Okay. So you're yep. using social media. Yep. Very cool. Love, Love it. it. Love it. Love it. Definitely some strategies that we can all be implementing. 
that's for sure. But I think you mentioned something. You have to be strategic. You have to be smart about this. You can't just throw up an ad, you know, a day before the open house and expect that people are going to show up. It just doesn't work that way. Well, there's so many agents that unfortunately do that, right? They like, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, I was thinking about doing an open house. Right. There's no, there's no plan. They're just reacting to, I mean, hashtag to, to guilty, right? I'm guilty of it all. I'm guilty of it all, which is why I can call myself out Me too. call it out. Yeah, yeah. So it was funny. I was traveling a few weeks ago and this agent was doing a mega open house <laughs> Yeah. from two to four. On oh, that's interesting. So, <laughs> so mega. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I know we are about out of time here. We want to okay, be cautious of, of what we need for, for you here, our, our listener base, and, and even for, not for you, need from you, your time. That, trying to be conscious of your time. Jeez, if I could get my get words out, out of my Elliot. mouth <laughs> correctly here. So anyways, uh, any last parting advice for us? Anything like that that you want the, the listeners uh, to hear about or you know, knowledge that you can drop? I, I would tell you to get educated on what's going on. And the answer is not from NAR. It's going to be from your legislators. Um, yeah. But while you can help facilitate that, you're going to have to start getting strategic about your business because I'll just give you my prediction. There won't be a NAR in five years. Ooh. Okay. Bold. I agree. Opinion. I agree. Five. Here's the thing to think five about. Five years? Yeah, I think so. It's not synonymous with search anymore. Nope. nope. I don't need a lockbox. Nope. nope. What do I need the MLS for? What do I need to be a NAR member for? So you could pay your bills. So NAR has got to figure out the same (laughs) same thing. You better figure out what value you offer. And it isn't the code of ethics and it isn't lobbying because, well, that's not working out real well for you guys. We all know right now it's mainly to get that buyer's agent's compensation. So it's disclosed right now. You're going to get paid, right? Like that's where it's at. And so once that gets absolved, you're right. There is nothing else. Literally zero. And I have a way that's totally visible and transparent how they're getting paid and what it is. Beautiful. Love and it. Zillow's, Zillow's now synonymous with search. So true. So, yeah, well, they get 300 million visitors a month. I feel like I've month. said that like at least once the last oh. 10 podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how strong it is. You so. love yep. that. Bob, I would yeah. love to mastermind again with you soon. Um, you always just add so much value to us here at yes. Zudelio. Again, we thank you so much. For those of you that want to get in contact with Bob, you can email him, bob at bobmangold.com. Cool. Thanks, Thanks Bob. Bob. We appreciate you. Have a yeah, good one. Thanks, we'll Bob. catch you All right, guys. soon. Thanks on the flip for doing side. this. I have a blast. Thanks, right, Bob. Take care. Bye.